This is Two Guys in a River. I'm Steve Mathewson. And I'm Dave Getz. We're two lifelong friends who love fly fishing for trout. Our podcast is all about helping you catch more fish and deepening your love of the time you spend on the river. We are Two Guys in a River. For the love of fly fishing. If you fly fish with nymphs, chances are you use a strike indicator. But strike indicators get a bad rap. Some fly fishers sneer at them and call them glorified bobbers. Like training wheels, you want to get rid of them as soon as possible, they say. But when you're nymph fishing, Dave and I believe that you shouldn't leave home without your strike indicator. We're big fans. Absolutely. We're going to give you a couple reasons why you ought to use them. One is obvious, but one is not. I guess before we talk about what you use strike indicators to do, for those of you who are new to fly fishing, uh, let's talk about what kind of strike indicators you can use. And again, uh, just to start with the real basics, Dave, where, where do you put a strike indicator? Well, you put a strike indicator on your leader, and you do that to help um, set the distance for how deep your nymph goes. And you do it when you are nymph fishing. You don't do it when you're dry fly fishing or when you're streamer fishing, although right. I guess... You could do that when you're streamer fishing, but that gets into something else. So, yeah. um, so it's it's for nymph right. fishing, and mm-hmm. you put it somewhere yeah. between where your tippet is and the top of where your your leader ties onto your fly line. Right. Correct? Probably. Yeah. Probably closer to the top. Right. Closer to the top. Maybe let's say four to nine feet from your yeah from your bottom of the fly right depending on where uh you know the the depth that you're fishing so what kind of strike indicators can you use well well the first one is the stick-on strike indicator i do not like these it's like a thick sticker that you can wrap around your leader and i don't know to me it's too subtle and each time you use it and you take it off you have to put a new one on I just don't like it. Yeah, so it's so small. They're that, kind of disposable, uh, right? Yeah, so you they use are. it once, and then if you take and try to move that strike indicator, mm-hmm. let's say you are nymph fishing and you realize I'm not deep enough and you need to move it up, you have to rip that off and peel it off. Peel yeah. it off and put up put a new one on. So, yeah, yeah the stick on is the first. What yeah. are, What are some others, Steve? Another one is uh, just a tuft of synthetic yarn. It's almost like a giant parachute or post on a fly. But at the bottom of it, you'll have some kind of a loop, and so you just loop your line through that. And I've, I've actually tied some of these. They're, they're pretty easy to use, but I don't know. At the end of the day, you, you, I'm putting fly dressing on them, and then they may get waterlogged. So I'm not a big fan kind of, of those either. Kind of loses the whole purpose of a strike indicator. Right. So here's the moment you've all been waiting for. We're going to tell you the kind of strike indicator you can use. The plastic bubble. That's right. Yes. Yeah. Amazing. It's, it's amazing technology. But yeah, that's all you need. So what are the colors? It's a plastic bubble. Uh, hence, uh, that's why some call it a bobber. Well, you know, everybody's a little bit different. I realized a few years ago that I could see white really well. Although on the last trip that we had, it seems like one of the pink ones that... I think you might have had on uh, was was really visible. So just depends on the day. Yeah, and, it know. does. Color doesn't matter, but thankfully these things are pretty cheap. You can buy them in most fly shops. But the the question is, all right, what do you use this strike indicator for? And we've said there are two reasons. One is obvious. One is not. 
So the main use, and uh, insert drum roll I'll, here. I'll do the drum roll. Okay. Drum roll. As the name suggests, it indicates a strike. A strike <laughs> indicator you are so indicates profound, a strike. My yes. So, but seriously, it's it's and this is where it is like uh, bait fishing. Uh, you. Oh, did you say that word? Yeah, on that's our right. The, the B word. Yes, yeah. bait fishing. I mean, you you see that bobber disappear, and uh, boom, you you set the hook. Well, you're doing the same thing as you're watching your strike indicator float down the the current. When you see that thing disappear or tug. Uh, You've either got a snag or you've got a fish on. Hopefully it's a fish, so you, you set the strike. Now, I know some guys who are, are so good that, that it's, it's so subtle for them that they, they don't need a strike indicator, but I think for most of us, you've got to. Yeah, Just have I, to. I have through the years tried not to use one. And it's, to me, it's just, it's a different kind of fishing yeah, and I don't is. enjoy it as much. And I certainly am not as successful as I am when I'm using no. a strike indicator. So. so if you're a purist that doesn't need one, fine. But if you're a new fly fisher, trust that you want to use a strike indicator. Now, one kind of a word to the wise here, a couple years ago, I, I remember Dave pointed it out. We were fishing a run and, and he said, I think you're getting some strikes. And, and there was this little subtle bob kind of like just a bump and i said no i i think that's just you're hitting the bottom hitting or something, bottom or yeah. something but dave said no i think you are so i thought okay all right i'll humor him and yeah the first little tug okay so i set the hook boom i had fish on yeah so dave, dave was right on that so you have to you have to pay attention to that it may not always be uh your strike indicator is completely disappearing but you get a subtle bob, you, you may want to set that And that hook. probably is the big difference between fly fishing and bait fishing. Now, obviously, in bait fishing, if you're fishing a lake, you can get the subtle tugs. But often, when a bobber goes down, a bobber goes down. Yeah. I just think the art of nymph fishing is one of, one of the arts of nymph fishing is reading your strike indicator yeah. because it's often very, very subtle and you yeah. miss a lot of them. All right. Well, that was all free. That's that's the obvious easy stuff. But what we really want to point out today is that a strike indicator indicates something else that can make or break your success. And here's what it is. It's going to tell you whether or not you're deep enough. And why is that important being deep enough? Well, because you, you need to get your fly down into the window where the, the fish are. I mean, if your fly is floating uh, a foot above where uh, the fish are, are looking in this feeding zone, um, they're not going to race up to, uh, to grab that nymph. That's not the way it works. I mean, nymphs are, are uh, you know, pretty tiny, and they're, they're coming along through the current. Yeah, a, a trout's going to race up to the surface if it sees a hopper or... You know, if it sees a streamer being stripped through something that may look like a crayfish, well, yeah, they're going to go, that's a big meal. But otherwise, on these little nymphs, no, they, they sit in the current, and, and there's enough of them. They wait for them to come to them. So that's why you have to be deep enough. It often feels like it's more sipping than anything. It's yeah, not they, always they're, true. But they're not attacking yeah, uh, a nymph. At least, at least uh, my usually. nymphs, they don't. No. At, least, at least my perception of, yep. of what's happening yeah, to the surface. Right. Yeah. Now, here's the thing with depth. Conventional wisdom says you're not deep enough if you're not getting snagged occasionally on the river bottom. And that, that sounds right at first, but what's the problem with that, Dave? 
Well, generally, unless you're fishing a scud pattern, you really don't need your nymphs to bounce along the bottom. Now, scuds are different, right? They're in the really in the bottom of the of of the of the stream and in the in the um, what would be the word in the silt and the dirt of the scrub of the the river in In the mud yeah Mm -hmm. so yes the fish are at the bottom of the river or stream but they are looking up unless they are nosing around as we mentioned for under rocks or around rocks for scuds so the point is your your nymph has to be deep enough to be in the river's lower zone where the trout are feeding obviously but you don't necessarily need your nymph to bounce off the bottom now there are probably exceptions to what we're saying, and we, I think even in our book we've mentioned that one signal of your knowing whether you're deep enough is whether or not it's bouncing. But there's really a, another way to know whether or not you're deep enough. Yeah, that's what we want to talk about. There's a better way. The point simply is that hitting the bottom, in other words, the signal of occasional snags that you might get, that's not the only way you know whether or not you're deep enough. Right. Great point. So... What's the better way? Well, here it is. If your strike indicator is moving more slowly than the surface current, then you're deep enough. Fact is, the current at the bottom of a river or stream moves more slowly than the current on the surface. So say that again. So if your current is moving... No, if If your indicator is moving more slowly than the surface current, then you're deep enough. Because what that means is, see, your your fly as it moves along is really what's uh, pulling along your strike indicator. And and if your fly is uh, down down deep enough in that slower current, your fly is going to move slower. That means your strike indicator is going to move slower as well. And I should have said that just a moment ago. It's not just your nymphs, but if you've got split shot, you know, when they get down to that slower current, they're going to slow down the speed of your strike indicator on the surface. You know, recently we were fishing for those runners on the Madison River just outside West Yellowstone. And and on one particular run, uh, my two nymph combination never once caught on the bottom. And yet I knew I was deep enough because my strike indicator was moving along more slowly than the surface current. And I was getting strikes. I was catching trout. I was catching whitefish. Uh, and, you know, next thing you know, too, the, as, I'm, as I'm watching this, I, boom, you get a strike. And, and I had the joy of uh, uh, fighting and landing a, a heavy brown trout. So, okay, here's the question. But how do you really know if your strike indicator is moving more slowly than the surface current, which is moving more quickly than, than the current yeah. at the bottom of the river. Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. Sounds good in theory, but, but how do you tell? Well, here's the deal. Uh, watch the bubbles on the surface of the water. I mean, most streams, I mean, all streams, you're gonna see these little surface bubbles, and sometimes if you're in a, in a food line, you'll see, uh, you'll see even more. You know, you, you've got all more these like white foam, bubbles. Almost. Yeah, it is almost more like foam. So th- there's going to be things on the surface of the current that will help you figure out how fast the current's moving. And you, you watch those. When, you're, when your bubbles start passing, uh, when the bubbles on the surface of the water start passing your strike indicator, uh, you know that you're uh, in the right place. I guess it's like watching a NASCAR race uh, in, in that way. Uh, you're, you're looking for uh, cars to be lapped or to be passed. And so, and so if the bubbles never pass your strike indicator, 
you need to add more weight. It's as simple okay, as that. Okay, so that's what I was going to ask yeah. you. So let's say that the bubbles aren't passing your strike indicator. What, what do you do to change it? And that's simply add more weight. Yeah, another what would you small, do? Add a split yeah, shot? Usually another small split shot. Mm-hmm. Yep, because what it means is your nymph hasn't reached that slower current in the bottom zone. That's what you're after. So I, I like that. I think it's... Uh, I think it's so much more helpful than than whether or not you're bouncing off the bottom and then getting snagged. And you know how many times have we said, "Oh, good, we got snagged. Now we know we're deep enough." I mean, that that usually annoys me more than anything. So watching for the bubbles to start passing your strike indicator will also reveal how long it takes for your nymphs to reach the proper depth in the particular run. So, if for example, you're casting to the right and the stream is moving or the river is moving from right to left, you'll be able to tell almost at the exact point in which those bubbles begin to pass your strike indicator and you'll know almost at that moment when you can start looking for a strike because that's when your Absolutely. nymph is deep enough. And that's so important because if you if you have a general idea of, okay, this is where the fish are, that this is what I want to aim for, well then you're, you're casting above that so that you can give your flies time to sink into that into that depth i mean think about this dave how many times have we had a have we had a strike an instant strike after your uh, after you cast your nymphs i mean it, it just doesn't happen no it doesn't in fact there was an anomaly this this fall when i was we were fishing the yellowstone and it was at the farthest point we were from our truck it was like four miles and it, we couldn't go farther up the canyon because the canyon actually started to close and there were cliffs. And so I made this one final cast. It was across a little rivulet and into the stream. It was a tough cast. I was actually really proud of myself. Almost as soon as the fly hit the water, it was almost like a dry fly. I got hit. I mean, it didn't drift long and I was yeah. nymph fishing. <laughs> it was the craziest thing. I cut it on a beadhead print snip, which crazy. I wasn't using and much I, of. I think that's because those trout just don't see yeah, it was amazing. flies. And, but uh, generally but that's yeah. not true. Right. So you cast upstream. It just takes a while for that nymph to get into the feeding zone. And you know when the nymph is in the feeding yeah. zone when the bubbles are passing up your strike indicator. Yeah, I mean, this is so helpful because it might reveal that your nymphs are getting deep enough after they drift through the spot where you suspect the fish are feeding. So something really important. Uh, there, there's a final insight that's tied to that, wouldn't you say, Dave? So on your longer runs, now this isn't true in small streams, and Steve and I fish a lot of uh, small streams, certainly in the Driftless area in Minnesota and Wisconsin, and certainly on some of the smaller streams in Montana. But if you're fishing like the Madison or the, Yellowst or the Yellowstone or some of those bigger rivers, on the longer runs, until the strike indicator gets past you, say if the stream is flowing from, let's say, left to right, most likely you're not going to catch a fish. In other words, that first third of the drift is really only about positioning the nymph That's deeper in point. the water. Yeah, right? absolutely. That's and so a good generally point. you don't have to be worried about, you need to be worried more about mending and making sure you have a yeah. good dead drift mm -hmm. yep. than you need to worry about looking at that strike indicator. So the first third of your drift Okay, I'm just going to say this. I have rarely, if ever, caught a fish in that first third of the yeah, trip. Yeah, no, it doesn't really Now, you happen. always have to have the caveat, it depends. Yeah. But mm -hmm. in general, that the first third of your drift, until it gets almost right to you, like level with you, 
it's not deep enough. And so you're not going to catch fish because the nymph isn't in the zone yet. So that's, uh, that's our take on strike indicators. Uh, not only do they indicate strikes, but they indicate depth. And, and it's all about depth. Uh, you can make a great cast and you can mend your line in this perfect drift, but if your fly is uh, drifting a foot above where the trout are, uh, forget it. So, uh, yeah, this is, this is why we're sold on strike indicators. But just one more thing, the corollary to what I just said, that the first third of your drift, you don't catch fish. It's really in the final third of the drift that I catch most of my fish. I was thinking That's about a good point. my yeah. day on the Madison, you know, this last fall, that huge rainbow I caught was right at the swing. Yep. And oh, al almost yeah. every fish I caught that day, it was in the final third of the drift. And, yeah. and it's not that you're not watching the strike indicator. It's just that so much of the drift is getting positioned so that fly mm -hmm. drifts into the zone at the perfect time. And it's during that window is when you need to really be careful and, and watch Absolutely. You know, for the, to, to lift the rod tip for a strike. So. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Good stuff. Hope that's helpful. Well, it's time for great stuff from our listeners. Our friend Glenn, a fly fishing guide in the Adirondack Mountains of uh, New York State, recently responded to our post on doubling up for fly fishing success. We talked about some two-fly combos, and Glenn made this comment. He said, I like to use a beadhead prince nymph with a Frenchie. The Asable Ugly, an Adirondack modification to a woolly bugger, and a Frenchie. Or a Walt Sulphur nymph, and you guessed it, a Frenchie. The Frenchie, in my opinion, is the best nymphing fly ever. I like to rig my tandem flies Euro style. Tie on your point fly, Heavy fly, that is the fly that will be on the bottom. Then tie on a short piece of tippet about 18 to 20 inches above the point fly using a double surgeon's knot. Use the tag end that points to your first fly and cut the other one. Tie on your second fly. I like this tag end to be 4 inches to 6 inches long. Any longer and you will get more tangles. Now a couple comments here. First of all, a Frenchie is simply a heavily weighted pheasant tail. Uh, with a, a pink thorax, in other words, right behind the bead at the front of the fly and right behind your, 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 your wrap, your, your thread, uh, you, you have this pink, floor, this pink uh, thorax, uh, so that's a Frenchie. I, and I realize just in reading this, it might be hard to envision uh, exactly how to tie these on Euro style, but it is a reminder that, that fly fishers tie their tippet on for the second fly a little bit differently. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we typically uh, just tie on to the bend of our hook, you know, which is at the, you know, the, the rear of the fly. But I have a friend who I've, I've watched him do this, and what he does is he ties his tippet, instead of in the back of the fly, in the, in the bend of the hook, he actually ties it in the eye of, of the hook. And I think what that does is it actually makes that second fly drop uh, a little bit further below the, the top fly. And I've always looked at it and thought, I wonder, wouldn't that, wouldn't that thing uh, get tangled up with you know, the, the bend of the hook and, and maybe even the barb would, uh, would weaken it? But yeah, it works for him. So there, there's, like the old saying is, there's more than one way to skin a cat. Yes, yeah. and I think if you're just starting out, you wanna do what's most simple and uh, and then move to you know more complexity or trying something until it works. What I have found is I've tried a bunch of things through the years and I 
you know, you get to the point where you, you do what's most simple for you and, and yeah. what makes sense mm -hmm. for you. But I really appreciate Glenn's perspective on this. And it's actually made me want to, it's made me want to try Euro nymphing more. I agree. I agree. We, we may do that. Thanks, Glenn. You know, the other thing with this too, this is a great reminder how, how sometimes the, the, the hottest new patterns are those that simply take a good old standard and just add a little bit of modification. It just gives the fish a different look. I mean, I think that's happened recently with uh, kind of the purple haze craze where uh, all you do is you take a parachute atoms and, and the, the body, the dubbing is, uh, you know, is purple and, instead of gray. So uh, that's even been done with the beadhead prints, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Is, that, is that called a beadhead haze? Or just, I have no idea. Maybe just a purple prince. I don't know. But anyway, yeah, lots of interesting options like that. So yeah, thanks again, Glenn, for your comment. Well, that's going to do it today. What are your thoughts about strike indicators? Please go to twoguysinariver.com and comment on this podcast link. How useful do you find a strike indicator when nymphing? You can find Two Guys in a River on all the social platforms. We publish one new episode each week on our website and continue to refer the podcast. We've had some significant growth in our subscribers and people who download the podcast and that's all thanks to you keep referring the podcast and of course by now you know we have a book the fly fishers book of lists life is short catch more fish we'd love for you to pick up a copy or two or 10 or 10 yeah by 10 that's right well thanks again for listening i'm steve matthewson and i'm dave getz until next time we are two guys in a river for the love of strike indicators and fly fishing